Hi guys and welcome to the Mindful Athlete Podcast. My name's Hannah. My name's Alexis. And uh, we are here to run the show. <laughs> um, so I, again, my name's Hannah and I actually own the Mindful Athlete. Um, I do mental health consulting with athletes. Um, I was an athlete for all of my life, still am, I still compete. Um, and, but I started the mindful athlete to help other athletes break the stigma behind mental health and to start working with them. Um, Alexis. Um, I was also an athlete my entire life. Um, I mostly played basketball and I ended up playing basketball at Washington college. Um, I didn't major in psychology. I majored in (laughs) business in econ. So, um, don't really have all of the background with that but a lot <laughs> being an athlete my whole life and we are the two life. sides of an athlete like we yeah. are the mind and then the working body like you could definitely say like I've got the background in psych Lex has got the background in business um we, we make a good duo yeah like yin and yang <laughs> yin and yang I like it okay so the name of the game for the podcast is that we always get questions and sometimes we'll do a scripted 10 questions which If we have a new athlete on the show, we ask them the scripted 10 questions, which is what Alexis is going to be asking me today. Other times, Alexis and I will just be responding to questions that people write in about, right? So if we have an athlete who comes in and says, hey, can you talk more about anxiety attacks? We're going to talk more about that. But for today, we're sticking with the 10 classic questions that we ask every athlete on the show. So we've already kind of done number one, which is tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Let's, you want to do number two? Yes. Question number two. How has being an athlete affected, changed, or altered the ways you perform these roles? Ooh. And by these roles, we're talking about the things that we do in our lives now. Um, So, I mean, being an athlete for me, it's definitely about the structure. Like, I knew I always did better in school when I had a structure. Like, I went to school from 8 to 3. From 3.30 to 6.30 was practice. I came home, ate at, you know, 7.00 did homework until nine and then I went to bed. Right. And so like, that was always a repetition. Don't get me wrong. By my senior year, I was totally over it. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I was like enough routine. I want, I want some drama in my life, not drama, but like change. And, um, something not scheduled, something not scheduled. I didn't have yeah. to be somewhere. I could be like, it was crazy to me the day, the first day of my life that I actually had like a free day. I didn't have oh, yeah. a game planned. I didn't have like practice planned. And I was just standing there like, I feel like I should be somewhere. Am I in trouble? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> a free day that like wasn't like a scheduled rest day. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> like it was if, actually a free if it day. wasn't a scheduled rest day, I was like, what am yeah. I doing? I should be at practice or someone needs me or I'm not doing something. Um, yeah. But I would definitely say that being an athlete probably increased my anxiety as well as decreased my anxiety throughout my entire life. So that's definitely a way that it's affected me. And then, like, time management. Yeah, I'd say time management. And then the way that I treat others. Like, it's taught me a lot of how other people work in teams and some of the stuff that I do today, which is helping manage large-scale teams and also working with, like, large-scale teams within corporations and businesses. And I can... It's interesting because what I learned in my clinical psych program was a lot of what I learned being on sports teams. But going through the clinical psych program, I learned why people do things and I knew how to like affect it to make it better. So that was the difference. And it was, I guess that's how kind of being an athlete has affected and changed me was that like, I always knew how things went, 
but then learning why they happened was a whole nother game. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's probably, probably, probably my best answer wow. to that one. <laughs> I like that. All right, question number three. If you had the opportunity to start over, over either your whole life or a portion of your life, would you? Oh, um, I want to say yes and no. Um, I'm going to go on a little different spin than I've, I've heard a lot of athletes and they say, no, like I've learned a lot. Um, but I think that like, there's definitely moments in my life where like, that I went through something that I like really hurt me. Like, and I didn't think I was going to come out the other side alive. Like, you know, I was, it, it really just like punched me to a pulp where I thought like I wasn't going to wake up the next morning. And I remember feeling at that, at that really, really low point. And there's definitely the moment, I definitely wish that like, I could show up to my younger self and be like, try this, like, you know, like, or like, maybe we should go this way, or maybe we should do something. I wish that I had known more, which is maybe why I went to a clinical psych program, right? I wanted to know more of why I did certain things, but I wouldn't say I would want to start over, but I wish things had gone differently. Like, cause I knew at those weak and, and really low moments of my life, there was a part of me that knew what was going on. And I knew the pain that I felt wasn't going to last for forever. And I mean, I still deal with that pain today. Like, you know, you have nightmares, or you have dreams, or you have those like intrusive thoughts and they show up in your life. And you're like, oh gosh, why did, why did that happen? Or like, why didn't I do this differently? Like, I wish I could go back and I could give myself a hug <laughs> and be like, you know, you're doing it. It's okay. We're going to get through it. But like, at the same time, I know that I can't. And so like, I have to remind myself that there is no going back and we have to keep moving forward. And if I keep thinking about the past, like I'm going to be stuck there and I don't want to be stuck there. That's the whole point, right? Is to keep moving forward. So I would say, I'd, I don't think I would want to start over, but I would want to be more kind to myself in those times. That's how mm -hmm. I would probably answer that one. <laughs> I f yeah, I feel like most that question. Yeah, it's like most question. people wouldn't be like, yeah, let's just change everything. Let's like, just go back. Yeah, but uh, question number four: What was something you did when you were struggling that made a real positive change? I got help. Um, I'm a big person who thinks I have to do things alone, like oh, suffer in silence, or like don't burden other people with your problems. Um, which is so funny because as, as a, like a counselor and as a therapist and as a consultant, mm -hmm. like you would think that I'm the number one per person who's like, yeah, let's, let's get talk help. about it. Let's talk about it. And I'm just like, yeah. no, like, mm -hmm. you know, you can get me to talk for like four hours, but you're going to get no information on me because I'm really good at deflecting certain things. Um, or I'm, I'm able to give you a nugget, which I know is not that personal, but I, I, you think it's personal. So, you know, there's, there's definitely coping mechanisms that I've had throughout my life, but, um, yeah, something I did when I was struggling, something I actually did, um, was that I changed my situation. Like I either left or I, I didn't stay in the same place. Like I left or I, I sought help or I just, I changed. I physically did something to change. I didn't stay in the same scenario, whether it was like an environmental change, it was an emotional change, it was a response change. I did something different because I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, at reacting the same way is not going to help. 
So like, I'm going to be stuck in this cycle of like going back to the same thing I've always done. And so that was the number one thing is that I just did something different. Like, and if that was like struggling with an eating disorder and I was like, okay, like I constantly am looking at the mirror when I go home at night after the gym, maybe I should go to dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's what normally I would do is I was like, okay, I, before, before I enter my dorm room, I'm going to text my friend and say, Hey, do you want to meet for me for dinner outside? And that's how I changed that behavior. I just had to do something different. Or um, if I knew that I had like a big issue with someone who was in my class or like my friend, like I'm a big person. Like if you want to have a conversation with me and change it, come talk to me. Like I don't avoid things on purpose. I avoid them because I don't know about them. Right. And so I don't even avoid them. I just don't know about them. And so (laughs) like if I'm tensing or if I'm feeling like tenseness, I'll address it. Like I'll straight up go up to them and be like, I've noticed this for four or five days. There's just something wrong. Um, so I don't, I don't like leaving things. Like if I, if I notice it, I don't like leaving them. But, and then there's also some things like if I keep trying to fix it and I keep trying to address it and nothing's happening, then I know like, okay, I got to just leave this alone. So it's, I would say that something that I've done is just figure out something different, do something different. Don't stick with the same pattern. So. Nice. Um, question number five, what is something you're currently struggling with? Well, so I just opened the mindful athlete this past year during Corona. Um, so I would about timing. right. I know great timing. Um, but like I've had that in the back of my mind for a couple years. And so, and I've, and I mean, like I was a therapist in California and I loved it and I worked in private practice. Um, and then I moved to Ohio and I was like, all right, well, I still want to do it, but I'm not a therapist. So I do like consulting right now, which is great. And I do coaching, which I really love. Um, but something I'm struggling with is just, you know, being in the business and like realizing that like, you know, the marketing and the going out and seeking clients and the creating connections. And so that's something I'm struggling with and like finding meaning behind it. Cause right now we're young. So like, we don't have a ton of clients and we don't have a ton of connection. We don't have a ton of reach. Um, so it's, it's, it's going through the tough time of like nobody walking through the door and then like mm-hmm. waiting for the right person and waiting for the right group of, of, um, people to walk through the door because I'm pretty specific on like who I work with. Like you've got to want to, you've got to want to show up. Like I, I don't just take any client. Like just if someone comes to me and says, Oh, well, I guess I'd like to work on it. I'd be like, then I'm not the coach for you. Like you got to come to me and you got to show up. Um, so that's something that's, that's what I'm really struggling with is like being picky, you know, like this is my business. This is what we do. And like having to turn away some people who aren't ready to work with me is really hard, but I know that in the long term, that means that the right people are going to show up and, and, you know, and I just have to stay positive because I'm going to be here for the long haul. Like I'm not here for Mm -hmm. six months and I'm going to like close my doors. Like I'm here for the next 30 years. Like, yeah. So, so that's something I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with patience. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, on one hand, it's, like, it's a new business. And, like, obviously, you want to, like, get it started. But you also don't want to, like, go away from your core beliefs and your core values of why you started. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's hard. Because, um, like, I think that's true with, like, anything that you do. You're like, oh, my gosh, oh, yeah. I want to get this up and running. And then all of a sudden, you're like, but I don't want to be a sellout. And I don't just want to do things. Because, you know, like, I'm, like, you know... I work with clients and my rates higher than most because I Mm -hmm. know my stuff. Like, and, and I've worked with a bunch of other athletes that like, this is who they're like, Oh wow, I can't afford that. Like, or wow, that's an expensive price. And I'm like, 
yeah, it is because I do what I do. Like, mm-hmm. So that's, it's hard, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I have to stay in my ground because I value who I am as a person. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> question, question number six. What is something you are currently doing really well at? Ooh. Um, so it's the same thing that I'm struggling with. I'm standing my ground. Um, so I'm doing really well at, at those boundaries and like, and just kind of moving forward because Corona has completely thrown me through a loop this year, like through all the normal things that I thought I'd be handling with this year are completely wrong. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this is going to be stressful this year. And oh, this is coming up. I should worry about this. And all the things I thought were going to be stressful were the easiest part of my year. <laughs> and um, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, I got married this year. Um, and I thought that was going to be extremely stressful and that wasn't stressful at all. Like it was a very small wedding and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but so I guess I'm, I'm doing really well at keeping my head above water and forgiving myself for the things I'm unable to do, like, but also standing my ground and and making sure that who I am today as a morally good person is going to be consistent for the next 30 years. So. All right. Big question number seven, if your best self met you at your worst, what would the conversation look like? Hmm. Gosh, this is so different when you're on the other end of asking the questions. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it a little bit. I did. I did. But, um, but I, I think hearing it, it's like, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you kind of have that image in your head of like, well, how would you show up? How would you walk in the door? How would you mm-hmm. introduce yourself? How would you say I'm you from the future? <laughs> like, it's almost like you have to put yourself in two different shoes and it's like, oh, <laughs> I am the best and the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd probably, so my best self, um, is someone I love. Like I love the best version of myself, which is that person is someone who walks in the door and is able to sit down and just listen and like let people be who they need to be. And if that's like a nasty, angry human being, then I'm going to let you be that because you obviously need to be that. Um, but if I were to meet myself at my worst moment, uh, that's really hard. Um, I would probably walk up to myself and say, you're going to survive. Um which sucks because I was a time that I thought I wasn't going to survive. Like I didn't know if I was going to come back. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I would just hold her hand and say like, it's okay. We're going to wake up tomorrow. Like we're going to, we're going to, things are going to change. We're going to keep moving forward. Um, and I would, I would give her hope, but I'd also be there and say like, you don't need me now. Like you are enough and, and you are me. Like I would say that, like I would look at her and be like, you are already me. Like you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be me. Um, and you're not always going to be me, but, but like you already are me and you don't need to be something you're not. So I definitely look at myself and I'd say like, you got to be patient. Like, yes, this sucks. And where you are is a dangerous place and this is not healthy for you. Um, and you're gonna, you're gonna struggle with this for the next 10 years and probably the next 50 years, but you're gonna, you're gonna get up and every day it's going to be a little bit better. You know, I, and I wouldn't create false hope. I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is going to suck. Like, and yes, this isn't going to go away when we get out of this situation. Um, but 
I would just sit there and I'd be like, but I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait and I'm, I'll be here as long as you need me to be here. And so I think that's what that conversation would look like, which is like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you're never going to lose me. You are always your best self, even when you're not. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what that conversation would probably look like, which is me reminding her that she is enough and she doesn't have to deal with that shit that she's mm-hmm. getting handed to her. Um, yeah, that's a hard question. I feel like I could, that's like a whole therapy session in itself. <laughs> I feel like that question you could have a whole podcast on. Oh, probably. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could, you could probably go deep into that one. And then you could probably have like part three, part two, part, <laughs> part seven, part 19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that one. I know that there's going to be a lot of questions around that. And for anybody asking, no, I am not going to let you know what happened during that time. So that's just what it is. But I will absolutely let you know how I felt and things that helped me in the long run. So if that becomes a, a future question, we'll definitely talk about that. Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> All right, moving on to number eight. Uh, let's say tomorrow is the day you have been waiting for. What would happen? Ooh. Hmm. I would start getting some serious clients. Um, that would be the big one. Cause again, like I said this earlier, like we're young, we don't have that many mm-hmm. clients right now. And I'm trying to be as honest as possible with that. People are like, Oh, I bet you like talk to all these people. And I'm like, actually, no, we're brand yeah. new. And I'm very young. And this is, we're starting up and I have like zero to no clients. <laughs> so, um, I'd probably get like a, I would love to get like my first couple clients. Like that would be really fun. And for for it to be a really good experience. Like, I don't just want to get clients to have clients. Like I want to have clients that have a good relationship with me who like, Mm -hmm. we are on each other's radar for the next 30 years. Like that's a huge thing for me, which is like, even if you're no longer seeing me weekly or biweekly, know that I am always like aware of where you are in this world. And I'm, and I'm going to be like, you know, you don't just go away. <laughs> like, yeah. so always a part of your life in some way. Yeah. Like, and I'm always yeah. going to like, and if you need me, freaking call me, like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, I'd say that would happen. And then, um, I don't know, because that's something else I'm doing, I'm working on right now, which is just being happy where I am in life. And, and I'm, we're all going through, uh, like, a phase of change this year. So I'm like, all right, change. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe tomorrow, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would start getting more clients, and then I'd probably like to be on a lake somewhere. That'd be great, because I love lakes. <laughs> like, I love to be on a oh lake. God, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would probably be like, the goal is, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, or even 10 years, whenever this shows up is to have um, an institute or a location where athletes come for like a week at a time to like decompress and like just get away from life. And I would love it to be a quiet, private location. So who knows, maybe I'll look back at this on podcast <laughs> on a lake, on a lake, absolutely in the middle of the mountains where it's hard to find us. Um, you know, and good no security. Yes. <laughs> good security good good privacy where you know like athletes and their families can come for a week and it's just like they work with me and individually and we get them back in line with what they need in life and then they head back you know they don't need to see me every day they might only do a check-in um or at least that's the one time a year that we make physical contact and we see each other 
Um, but then other times, like, I work with them online. So, yeah. Anyways. Wow. All of your answers are just making me wish I had someone like you in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine, what, um, self-care routines have you found really help you in the long term? Meditation is huge. So I just got into this year or last year, a friend of mine sent out uh, this book by Joe Dispenza, and it talks about the clinical and the spiritual. So, and it combines them in a really great way, because like I'm a scientist, that's straight up just who I am. Um, but I'm also a very spiritual person, like I have my faith side of me. And so being able to see the combination of faith and science in meditation is incredible. Um, and I've started it and, you know, I struggle with it just like everybody else. Like all of a sudden I'm great for a week and then like, I don't do it for two weeks and I'm like, oh, man, like dang it. <laughs> like, um, but so meditation's great. Um, the best self care routine that I've actually had is to stop punishing myself internally. Like, and a lot of people, when they think of self care, they think of like, oh, bubble baths and like having a piece of cake or like, you know, talking to a friend, which are all great and amazing. Like I'm not. No, never am I going to make fun of how you self-care, right? Unless it's unhealthy. Like, I'm, I'm not going to make fun of you, but I'm going to be like, that's not healthy. Um, but my self-care starts inside of my head. Like, there's a lot of subconscious talk that we do that we never we never realize. Like, you know, when I was in college, and I mentioned this before, like, I'd walk by a mirror and be like, oh, God, there's, there's that role. Or like, and then I would just, you know, it would just float away. But like, those thoughts stick with you and you don't realize that you think like, Oh, like it's just, it's a fleeting thought. No biggie. But you got to realize that every time you talk to yourself internally, it is recorded in your body. So like, I remember about four years ago, I had really bad negative self-talk and my acne was terrible. I couldn't lose weight. Like not just lose weight as in like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, but I was like blowing up from the stress of cortisol and like it was not healthy and like I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't drink and I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, and I would go to doctors and they would like tell me nothing's wrong with me and, and they were like, maybe you're just overeating and I'm sitting there like, really? <laughs> like, okay. And, and you know, I was an athlete, so like I was running three to four miles a day and I was like, there's just no way. And then I like... And then I started going back to my therapist and I was talking to her and she was like, I think it's your negative self-talk. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, Hannah, you're a therapist. You know better than that. And I was like, oh, dang it. <laughs> like, she goes, how are you talking to yourself? And I was like, well, I don't think I'm worthy. Like, I'm struggling with this. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm good enough. Blah, 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 blah. And so I started recording every single thought I had for a 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. Like 70% of them were negative telling myself that I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't worthy enough. And that just was super eye-opening. And so I spent, and don't get me wrong, like after that I also got off the scale. I stopped dictating my value by a number on a scale, which was rough, and because I've never not had a scale. So that was a big moment. And and I recently just redid that because like I started looking at the number more. So like I still deal with my eating disorder, you know, 10 years later. Like, that doesn't go away, so I'm still dealing with it. And so I recently just – but I deal with it much healthier now, so growth. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely self-care routine. Sorry, I'm kind of, like, teeter-tottering away from the conversation. Um, no, I mean – You know, but um, – yeah, self-care – and I'm, I'm – I talk kinder to myself. That's, that's my biggest self-care routine because it's consistent and it's every day. 
you know, it's yeah. like, you know, if I hand in a PowerPoint or like I submit something to somebody who needs something and they're like, oh my gosh, there's so many like grammatical errors or like, what were you thinking when you wrote this? And like, I take it back and I, and I, and I remember when I had this one job and I sat down and I literally was like, you don't deserve this job. Like you don't deserve to be here. Like you're not smart enough. You're not, you, you, you can't compete with these people. And I literally thought about quitting. A year later, I stayed with that job and I got this amazing opportunity to present in front of these really big, big people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to flunk, I'm going to fail. And my boss was like, step in there, like you know your shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he goes, because you do. He was mm -hmm. like, you know what you're talking about. He goes, you got to trust yourself. And so, and there's, it sounds cheesy, but like going into the mirror and being like, you got this shit, let's go. Like... Superman poses. Superman poses. Seriously, man. Started doing those. <laughs> Started doing, like, I do those. Like, when I'm having a rough day, I'll literally run out yeah. and, like, this sounds silly, but I'll run outside into my, um, onto my driveway and I'll Superman pose out onto the field. Because uh -huh. <laughs> like, it I, works. I remember the first time someone told me about that and I was like, no way. And I did it and I was like, why do I feel so much better? Like, <laughs> and, like it's not, like... Like it just like it, it lifts the mood. It, it lifts does. The mood a little bit. It shifts like, your mindset because it's just yeah. like it's 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 what I talked about earlier. You're making a change. It's even just doing something. And this is true if you have anxiety too. One of the tricks that we teach people who have severe anxiety is um, if you're having a panic attack, go move. Like just move. Like because that's actually what your body is asking you to do. It says we need to move. There's there's a threat in our life. And so either go walk, run, do jumping jacks, do something, movement, and it will actually reduce your symptoms. Nine times out of ten. Like, don't get wrong, there's definitely times where it's not going to help. But nine times out of ten, it's going to do something. <laughs> right? So, mm -hmm. small psychology tip of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. What do we have next? Uh, last one. If there's another athlete out there that is listening to the podcast and is battling some of the same problems you have faced, what would you tell them? Um, I don't know if I'd tell them anything. I would, I would ask them to sit down and talk with me. Um, because like our problems are going to be different, like, and how we address things are going to be different due to family, due to historic, um, historical symptoms, due to the personal history, um, so I'd say if you're struggling with some of the things that I've struggled with, and I don't know exactly what, I forget what we've already talked about. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, again, that comes from the concussions. <laughs> too, too many of those. Um, but I, I guess I would ask them just to sit with me for 30 minutes and be like, tell me what you're thinking. Like, what are you struggling with? Um, but if you can't sit down with me and you can't talk with me, um, I would remind you to forgive yourself. Like, be accountable. Don't keep making the same mistakes. But forgive yourself and move on. Because other people might not. You might not have other people who are going to forgive you, right? We're going to hurt people in our life. And we're going to have people who are just going to hate us. Like, there's going to be sometimes no freaking good reason that they won't like us. Um, or people are going to make fun of you. Or something's going to happen. Um, but you got to forgive yourself. Because nine times out of ten, those people don't even remember what, what happened. Like, they just don't. They don't even care. Um, they remember how they reacted, and they remember this situation from their perspective. Um, so I would just remind any athlete who's faced what I've faced, which is just forgive yourself. Like, 
nine times out of ten, like, this isn't necessarily true, but most of the time you didn't do anything wrong. Like, don't get me wrong, there's sometimes that you do. Like, you, like, there's things that I've done wrong, 100% true. Um, but, like, I can't go back and I can't fix it. Like, I can't go back and change it. I can fix it by moving forward, but I can't physically go back and change what happened. Um, so that's where yeah. accountability comes into play. And I have to say, like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, this occurred. This is how I reacted. I can't change it, but I'm going to try to move forward. And sometimes it's not even apologizing. It's just saying, like, I am working on being better right now, and I don't know what that means. Right? And then giving yourself the space and time to do that, like, figuring it out. Because I feel like too many people apologize, but don't know what it means to apologize. Um, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'm they sorry. Just think that yeah, they think it's over. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. But, like, yeah. I normally say, like, yeah, that did occur. Um you know what, it was, it was not easy and I'm moving forward and I'm trying to be better and learn how to do that. And you know, that's all you can do, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people won't even accept your apology, which is sucky. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you have to forgive yourself and you've got to move on. Like either side of it, whether you were the victim or whether you were the attacker or, and that can be emotional, mental, physical, any of those. Um, but yeah just gotta move on you gotta you gotta be better you gotta you gotta learn you know so, yeah. all right and so that was technically question number 10 but the cool thing is is that at the end of every podcast and sometimes we do this and sometimes we don't depending upon the time but I've got enough time so I get to ask one question of you as the person who's being interviewed so um and I'm sure you'll come back for a future podcast like and I'm sure I'll ask you these 10 questions so I'm gonna try to think of one that doesn't, it's not on the list. That's not one we're going to talk about. Um, ooh, how has, be, how has being, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, how has being, like you and I have watched each other grow up, right? So if you haven't realized, we're family members, we're cousins. Um, we're both athletes. <laughs> we're related. <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, how has watching our family changed the way that you do things? Or what have you realized from like our family that you're like, ooh, this is why I do this? <laughs> oh boy. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a question. That's a question. Um, so how are things like watching my family, like our family? Basically, like, what like, have you that's learned? Why, <laughs> that's why I do stuff? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Um, that could be so many, so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> this is actually a therapy question. I actually ask this question when I'm sitting with clients sometimes, or I used to as a therapist, but now I ask it as like a consultant. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if this like really answers it. I know, <laughs> I know certain of my um, like I don't want to say pet peeves, but things that I get annoyed with. Yes, <laughs> does come from my family a little bit. Like, oh yeah. I mean, our our so obviously our moms are sisters, yes. and they're one of six. Yes. So in order to say something, you had to be the loudest <laughs> and you had to continue to talk until someone listened to you. 
Now they have taken this trait and they they've held on to it very very strong. Like, oh, they're good they still, at it. They still do it. If, if our moms are listening right now, know that we love you beyond belief, and we do the same yes. thing. So no judgment. Oh, I love them so much. Um, um, but that like that's still how they talk. And like for me, when I'm with my friends or with other people, or like even relationships, it's super important to me when like people stop talking and they listen to me, mm-hmm. and like they don't try to talk over me. And like and like that's I mean not saying my parents or my mom cuts me off all the time I mean she does listen to me yeah but I'm just saying that's something I value and like I and I think that's something they value too like they value people who will stop and listen to them and like listen to what they want to hear I also think like just our dynamic of our family um I think is very special Mm -hmm. um we we have a unique family we do we do have a very unique family and I think at the end of the day like I mean I noticed this with everyone it's like they would drop anything to help somebody Mm -hmm. and I think that I like take that into my life with other parts of my family and my friends like yeah um oh the like willingness to drop anything and show up and help is huge like yeah and I feel like I mean I feel like every I feel like a lot of people but I just notice it so much in our family like Mm -hmm. I mean and with having a bigger family, like, you're not going to talk to everybody all the time. Like, no. you're not going to call everybody every day. I mean, obviously, like, I talk to you, pr- like, pretty regularly, but there are some people in our family that I don't talk to every day. But that's not saying that if something were wrong, like, and, like, vice versa, like, if something were wrong with me, I know that they would be there for me. And I know that I would be there for them. Yeah. And stuff like that. And that's another thing that I value. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I value this. Like, Yes, I value this because I know that that's like what my family. I've seen that in my family and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't know if that really answers your question, but no, that was definitely it. Like that was okay. definitely like what, like, what about my family? Like affects yeah. us today. Um, and and again, the reason I asked that question is because everybody has that, right? Like all of our families affect the way that we do things, subconsciously or consciously. Um, so that's why I asked that question, which is interesting hearing it because like we we talk a ton. But we don't sometimes talk about those very specific questions. You know, like, yeah. we, we'll flirt around that, but we won't, like, be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, click. <laughs> click. Let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're at the end of the podcast. We're about 30, 40 minutes in. Um, and we're just keeping these around 30 minutes. These are around 30-minute podcasts. We might go a little bit over. might go a little under. Um but if you guys have any questions or, like, you hear something we talk about on the show and you're like, ooh, I'd love to hear more about that, or, hey, you mentioned this, what does this mean, please reach out to us, contact us. Um, you can go onto our website, www.themindfulathlete. Um, or, no, sorry, we had to switch it. It's Mindful Athlete, and full has two L's. So Mindful Athlete with two L's. Um, yeah, so go on there. You can go onto the Contact Us page and ask us a question, and we will answer it to the best of our ability. Um, if we don't know, we'll bring on someone else onto the show who probably knows a little bit more. If you have, like, a specific question about, like, um, getting recruited or, like, bringing on or, like, if you're headed to a D1 school versus a D2 school, like, what are the differences? Um, we can bring on some different athletes. We've got we've, we've got some connections in the community. Um, we got some people. <laughs> we've got some people. So, yeah, so we hope to... Um, See you guys again. Hear from you again. I don't know how that works on a podcast, but yeah. <laughs> subscribe. I, hope I guess that you guys hear us again. <laughs> yeah, we hope you hear us again. Um, and again, yeah, ask us any questions, and uh, we'll see you next time.